0: Good Wednesday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and this is the I Love Seville Show. Thank you kindly for joining us on a glorious, glorious, glorious Wednesday in downtown Charlottesville. The program is live on all social platforms, archived on all social platforms for your viewer viewing and listening, enjoyment, and pleasure. Watch the program in real time and participate with the discussion, shape the discussion, or watch it at your leisure. in streaming, whenever you feel uh, you have the time or the convenience. I know our viewers do do a little bit of both. Today's program is pretty heavy hitting. We got a new city manager about to be announced um, at 2 o'clock, which is in less than 90 minutes. This will be the eighth Charlottesville city manager since 2018. You heard me correctly, the eighth city manager for Charlottesville City since 2018. Maurice Jones, Mike Murphy, Dr. Terry Ann Richardson, friend of the program, John Blair, friend of the program, Chip Boyles, friend of the program, Michael C. Rogers. We also had um, Mark Woolley, a city executive from, maybe it was a township executive from Pennsylvania who took the job and then said no to Charlottesville, said no to all of us, and quit from the job the day before he was supposed to start the job. So who's hired today will be legitimately the eighth hire in uh, the last five years and change. And and the city manager makes bank guys, we're talking in total compensation right around a quarter million dollars a year, salary and health care and benefits and retirement and perks like phones and and cars and gas quarter million dollars is a lot of money and this is the CEO of a city a city that we love dearly so two o'clock today our eyes should be on what is going down we'll talk on today's program a recap of the Mike Kochis interview yesterday if you have not had an opportunity to watch yesterday's show it was one of the best ones we've ever done Michael Kochis the Charlottesville Police Department um, chief was in the studio sitting across from me and he did an amazing job. An amazing job. Um, Laura Payne says they could not hear you, only me. Is, is your mic on there, Judah? Okay, cool. Um, thank you, Laura Payne, for that heads up. Um, I want to play some highlights from the Mike Cotches interview. I want to offer some recap and some analysis on that interview, which I thought was just fantastic. Um, and I want to talk panhandling and crime on the downtown mall. Uh, And we'll do that with a sizzle reel from yesterday's interview, which we did with the police chief, who I think is the right guy for this city. On today's program, we will also talk um, Natalie Massery, the new CEO of the Charlottesville Chamber of Commerce. This is flowing under the radar. We are working with Natalie right now um, on getting her on the show. She's the new president and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce the Regional Chamber of Commerce. Her office is literally across the street from this studio. So I will see her quite a bit walking along Market Street and around the downtown mall because I used to see Elizabeth Cromwell quite a bit on Market Street and around the downtown mall. On today's program, we will chitter-chatter CNBC ranking the Commonwealth of Virginia the number two best state for business. I have that story for you. And ladies and gentlemen, I cannot believe I'm saying this. But the New York Times, some say the world's newspaper. I say the world's newspaper is now the Wall Street Journal because the New York Times is offering editorial coverage with a clear political slant. I think it's the Wall Street Journal. Regardless, a lot of people think it's the New York Times. The world's newspaper has disbanded its sports department. I'm just flabbergasted to say that the New York Times has now disbanded its sports department. Holly Foster put that on our radar. We'll talk the cause and effect of a paper of that prestige and circulation and readership and viewership, basically saying, screw you to sports, and what that may mean for other sports departments across the country, across the Commonwealth, and across central Virginia. The lead of the program, however, is the city manager announcement that is expected in less than 90 minutes An hour and 22 minutes to be exact. Council has got a press conference at City Space on the Downtown Mall. This press conference and this announcement will likely name the eighth city manager in Charlottesville, Virginia (coughs) over the last five years. I'm going to rattle off the list. Maurice Jones. His term ended July 1st, July 31st, 2018. Maurice Jones had a good run. If you remember, Mo Jones was a one-time sports anchor at NBC29. I was a sports anchor at NBC29 for five or six years. And when I worked at NBC29, Maurice Jones' name still resonated within the newsroom and certainly the sports department. So Maurice Jones had a good tenure, December 6th, 2010 until July 31st, 2018. Then, when Maurice Jones quit, he headed to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, to be the city manager of that jurisdiction. Mike Murphy jumped in the mix. He was the interim city manager. Mike Murphy was the interim city manager for, I don't know, call it a year? Roughly a year or so? Mike Murphy, he gave way to Dr. Terrian Richardson. And Dr. Terrian Richardson legitimately a guy from Texas left his post in Texas to come take over the CEO spot in the city of Charlottesville. Dr. Richardson lasted barely a year, May 13th, 2019 to September 30th, 2020. Dr. Richardson could not get along with city council, specifically Nakia Walker and Heather Hill. And while the city manager is the chief executive officer of Charlottesville city limits and a $200-plus million yearly budget, that city manager has bosses, and the bosses are city council. They're essentially the chairman, chairmen and women of the board, the board of directors, if you may. Call it the board of directors. And the board of directors are responsible for the CEO. They're the bosses of the chief executive officer. Dr. Richardson could not coexist with Nakia Walker and Heather Hill. As a result, T. Rich lasted a year and change. He pieced out. He tried to sue the city for wrongful termination. That lawsuit has since been lifted, evaporated, and eviscerated. From Dr. Richardson, we went to one of the classiest of the classy, John Blair, a friend of the program. John did Charlottesville a solid And he went from city attorney, where he was a rock star, a stabilizing force, all-around great guy, his mood and his demeanor consistent as a metronome. Every day, you knew what you were going to get from John Blair, and that was professionalism, integrity, character, and doing the job the right way. John Blair saw that there was a gap, and he loved Charlottesville as much as I do, maybe even more so. And he said, I'll take the interim city manager job and help this city because I love it dearly. Mr. Blair had this position for a handful of months before he left for Stanton, his current employer today. After John Blair left from Charlottesville City and went to Stanton, another friend of the program, Chip Boyles. Chip Boyles goes from the zoning and, 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 and non-profit sector. And the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission, where he was previously the executive director. And Mr. Boyles, who's always sharply dressed and always looking good and always had this southern hospitality and this southern je ne sais quoi and this southern panache. I thought Mr. Chip Boyles, who had a kid playing high-level sports at Charlottesville High School who like Mr. John Blair absolutely loved Charlottesville, was gonna last an extended period of time. Unfortunately, at that time, council made working in City Hall so miserable that Chip Boyle said, hasta luego, peace out, sayonara, hit the road jack, I want nothing to do with this town. And Mr. Boyles is now the executive director of the George Washington Regional Commission in the Fredericksburg area, His family still lives in the city. From Chip Oils, we had a long period of time without a CEO. Michael Payne, recently on record with media and on record with the I Love Seville Network said, the city was in absolute ruins and chaos. As a result, the city turned to a consulting group, the Robert Bob Group. The Robert Bob Group, we've joked on this program, essentially hired mercenary city managers. They go to jurisdictions and they look to, I'm stealing a phrase from City Hall, stabilize the organization. And Robert Bob Group has one team member and Michael C. Rogers, who is maybe the sharpest dressed city manager I've ever seen, even more sharply dressed than Chip Boyles, even more sharply dressed than Dr. Terion Richardson, Michael C Rogers has done what we want from a city manager. He's had the consistency of mood and demeanor of John Blair. He's had the workability and likability of Chip Boyle's. He's had the the experience and behind the scenes savvy and know-how of Gary O'Connell and Cole Hendricks. And Michael C. Rogers and this Robert Bob group, for the last two years and change, have stabilized the organization. Michael C. Rogers and the Robert Bob group took Charlottesville, Virginia, from the Nakaya Walker era of soap opera, volatility unpredictability, poetry that involves rape analogies, nastiness in council chambers, screaming and yelling and arguing, to what we have now. Government that is boring. Government that is behind the scenes. Government that we often don't know about. And that Ladies and gentlemen, is the type of government you want managing a 200 plus million dollar yearly budget. Now, Michael Rogers, Michael C. Rogers, a man known for quality shoes and bow ties and seersucker and stylish eyewear and fashion forward accessories, he's no longer in the game. We broke the news last week. That Michael Rogers has pulled himself out of the running for this job. Two o'clock today, and I just saw the mayor walk by our studio, Lloyd Snook, a friend of the program. He'll be on the show next week. In fact, he'll be on the show in eight days. At two o'clock today, the mayor, because he's the mayor, is going to lead a press conference where an announcement will be made for the next CEO of this city. It will be the 8th city manager, if you include Mark Woolley from Pennsylvania, in about five years. I bring this to your attention for the following reasons. I think we're heading in the right direction. I think we're heading in the right direction from a city we all love. I don't know if you watched the interview yesterday with Mike Kochis. If you haven't, you should. The dude is a baller. He is the right guy to lead this department a department that undoubtedly, when he took the job, was at its lowest point maybe in the history of the Charlottesville Police Department. Al Thomas, the former police chief, Dr. Rashal Brackney, the former police chief, the damage those two leaders did to the Charlottesville Police Department was palpable and tangible. Interestingly, neither Al Thomas nor Dr. Rashal Brackney lived within Charlottesville city limits. Mike Cochus and his wife, they live in the 10th and Page neighborhood. Mike Cochus, he's walking the walk and talking the talk. And we're about to play a sizzle reel on today's program on Chief Cochus walking the walk and talking the talk. First, I want to dot the I's and cross the T's. Whoever is named at 2 o'clock today, I hope this city manager has the term and the tenure and the time of a Gary O'Connell, of a Cole Hendricks. Cole Hendricks, 24 years on the job. Gary O'Connell, 15 years on the job. Heck, Maurice Jones was on the job for seven and a half years. You give me seven and a half years as city manager, and I'll be happy as a uh, Cheshire cat with a sleeve of Ritz crackers, and a tin of cheese Whiz at his paws. Let's see what happens. Paul Spencer just walked by the journalist, Judith Wickhara. Now, before I get to the next topic, and that next topic, ladies and gentlemen, is a recap of the Mike Cotchus interview. That next topic, ladies and gentlemen, will be um, a question I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you this question. In fact, I'm gonna percolate this into the news cycle until it's permanent. Should city council Should city council enact a new ordinance? Is everything all right with that mic there, J-Dubs, or is it not working? Your mic is good? Okay, just want to make sure. Um, Should city council enact an ordinance that disbands or disallows panhandling on the downtown mall? And if City Council does enact this ordinance, disbanding or disallowing panhandling on the downtown mall, please realize that that means no Salvation Army kettlebell ringing at Christmas time. I want to put that on your radar. Before I do, we got a gift from one of our favorite viewers and listeners. She is watching the program now. Ooh, there's the downtown mall beat officer right there. Welcome by the studio. If we can go to the studio camera and then a one shot from me, please, Judah. Mm -hmm. This gift right here. A gift from Ginny Who, a regular watcher and listener on Twitter. Ginny Who, we love you. Ginny Who. This gift dropped off yesterday. I want to open this gift live on air, much like we opened the gift from Holly Foster, the queen of Henrico, live on air. Ginny Hu, I'm going to call you the queen of Twitter on the I Love Seville Network. Before we unveil the fantastic and delicious and tasty gifts in this gift bag, I'd like to read a thank you card from Ginny Hu. I like handwritten thank you cards, guys. Dear Jerry and Judah, please find just a few things to say thank you for all you do. In this gift bag, you will find butcher paper sheets that Judah can use on the go for his burgers. Judah often talks about how burgers around here should have butcher paper sheets so all that cool stuff that's in that burger doesn't spill out on the plate. So, Judah Wickhauer, my friend, you have butcher paper sheets from Ginny Hu. I will slide over and give it to you. Hi, Judah Cameron. These are your butcher paper sheets.
1: Thank you, Ginny. This is awesome. I'm seriously going to go get myself a, uh, a massive burger tonight and uh, not have to worry about getting my, my fingers all nasty.
0: That was very thoughtful. Thank you. That was very thoughtful right? Mm -hmm. Very thoughtful. Also in this bag is a brown bag. Let us see what is in the brown bag, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh my. We have in the brown bag some of my favorite bourbon, Elijah Craig, an airplane bottle. We have in this brown bag an airplane bottle, a Fireball cinnamon whiskey. Ooh. We have in this airplane bag, Elijah Craig Bourbon, an airplane bottle. I love Elijah Craig Bourbon. We have in this bottle another nip of cinnamon whiskey. In this bottle, we have some absolute vodka from Ginny Who, and another bottle of absolute vodka. Now, I don't need any arm twisting, as many of you know that watch this program. And while it may be 12:53 in the afternoon, I think we would be doing Ginny who a disservice if we didn't crack one of these open. I say we take a fireball shot live on air. What do you say, Judah? Sounds good to me. Why don't we go to the studio camera first? Let him know what I'm doing. I'm going to our bar, right, Judah?
1: He's going to the bar. I believe he's getting some glasses. Here he comes.
0: We will, live on the talk show, we have a full bar over there, as many of you know, that go to this program, I'm going to take Ginny Who's Fireball Whiskey, crack it open, the Elijah Craig will be joined, will be enjoyed after hours, Ginny, I'm going to pour half of this into that one, half of this into that one, maybe 60% for yours truly. Ah, okay, we'll call it 50-50 or even team, even team. 50-50, 50-50. The fireball now empty, right? You see? I'm going to, if you want to go studio camera, then a two-shot. Slide these glasses over to Judah. Give you one. Now don't take it. We're going to have to do a cheers to Ginny. Ginny who? We love you. Ginny Who, thank you. Thank you. Ginny Who, we're grateful for you. Ginny Who, you make this program better. To Ginny Who, oh, and there's more in here, for, by the way, more gifts in here that we have to get to. But to Ginny Who and to all the viewers and listeners, we're grateful for your support, your viewership, and your listenership. We thank you for the storylines that you pass along our way We thank you for the commitment to this network. The network is growing. We're about to show you the analytics for this network. Google-backed analytics for the last five years. Judah, you've seen the numbers. Over 400,000 people have visited the website iloveseevil.com, and that does not include the traffic from the 15 Facebook pages, from Twitter, from Instagram, from LinkedIn, from Apple, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and all the other platforms. In fact, I have the analytics screenshot literally in front of me, which we will show to you, the viewer and listener, and data does not lie. That's the beautiful thing about data. In the last five years, 435,414 people have visited iloveseville.com. Judah, you saw the numbers, did you not? We will publish the screenshot on the I Love Seville network. But first, Judah, to Ginny who? Cheers. Cheers. That is delightful. Absolutely delightful. Thank you. One more gift to open. Oh, Ginny, 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 Ginny. What do we have here, Judah? What do you think? Uh, some type of baked product. It looks like it's a baked good. Oh, I forgot to read the rest of the card. Airplane bottles, because I see what y'all deal with on a daily basis. Good Lord, there's these crazy people hiding behind a fake meme account that are flexing their keyboard muscles and spending time pursuing us on Instagram. It's literally hilarious. And it's certainly driving us to improve this product every day. And we're very close to making a big time announcement about a new show for this network that is gonna expand our content vertical. And it's literally an inspiration from, I mean, it's like that Mamba mentality. Kobe Bryant, the Mamba mentality, he took the fourth place or the third place trophies and he looked at it every day. And he took the nastiness and he looked at it every day by taping it on his mirror and it inspired Kobe to be a better version of himself. That same Mamba mentality is live and influencing this network. So Ginny Who says, my youngest child loves to cook and bake. We usually only make these cookies at Christmas, but then, but made them in a patriotic theme for just the two of you, Jerry and Judah. Sincerely, Ginny Who Ginny, Dave, Grace, Harlow, and Bess. I won't utilize your last name because a lot of folks watch. Over 400,000 in the last five years on ilovesieville.com. America, Charlottesville, Almore, Central Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia, we love you. I have patriotic soft batch chocolate chip cookies. Looks like white chocolate and chocolate chip cookies in my possession. God, they smell good. Judah, would you like one? Hell yeah. Studio can then Judah can. Have some cookies. All right.
1: Let's see. I'm going to try to find a big one.
0: To put it on screen?
1: All right. There we go. Yeah. These look amazing.
0: Here, have some more. Eat them. Like. I want you to do a play-by-play on what these taste like. You're very good with your words mm. and good at descriptions. Play-by-play.
1: Mm. Play. Mm. Oh, man. Jenny. Oh, those are great. Soft. These moist. Are, these are perfectly soft, not just delicious, soft, but like perfectly delectable. Soft. Okay.
0: Mmm. Ginny who, I love you. Ginny who, thank you. And all you viewers and listeners. This screenshot will be on the network. Can they see this on a one shot? May 5th, 2018 to July 11th, 2023. 435,414 users on iloveseville.com. We'll put the screenshot on. Well, I'll, I'll just publish the screenshot. It's straight from Google Analytics, right, Judah? Mm-hmm. Straight from Google Analytics. You, you took this screenshot, right? Yep. 435,000 people have visited our website. It's a responsibility that I think about often. And you have my word a mamba mentality fashion that I will continue to pour my heart and soul into this and to take what is a relied upon news network to a level that Charlottesville, Virginia has never seen before. Hold me to it. Hold me to it. Alright. Here's what I like to do, J-dubs. Anything you want to offer on those cookies or what we've covered so far? They're amazing.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Ginny.
0: Ginny says, y'all sure sure do know how to make a girl feel special. And my youngest got to meet Liza yesterday, so she's happy too. Can we get Liza the dog somehow on the mix? You know what? I'm, I'm going a little off script here. Go studio camera. Studio camera.
1: I believe Jerry is going to get Liza. I'm not sure what he's going to do with her, but, uh, here she comes.
0: Hi, Liza. Liza?
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Here. Liza, come here. Liza. Liza, cookie? I am not.
1: Oh, no, it has chocolate in it. Can we give her a cookie? Let's not.
0: No cookies
1: for Liza? Liza, come here. Liza. Ready? Come
0: on. Jump. Liza. Oh, you
1: know what? I won't give her a cookie her some treats. Who's going to get treats,
0: Liza? Liza. Liza.
1: Sit. You ready? You ready? Jump. Yeah. Jump. You ready to sit? Catch. Yeah. Here's another one. Here, Liza. Liza. Oh, shit. Alright.
0: Right. we love you jenny we're grateful for you and we're grateful for you guys on this network now let's go to news oh we'll keep the yiddish in the mix she wants the yiddish in the mix oh man any yiddish that you can offer on what we're doing right now um liza liza's got a lot of chutzpah yeah hutzpah's a good one liza's got a lot of chutzpah what, what other Yiddish you got in the mix there, Judah? Uh, let me see. I, I am doing my job barefoot, for those that are watching. I literally have multiple people literally saying this. I am doing my, my job barefoot right now. Any other Yiddish that you got in there? Deep Throat, any Yiddish that can describe this program if you're watching? Yeah, I got to good it. In Bozeman.
1: It's so hot in here, I'm schwitzing.
0: Oh, wow. This is the first time you've said it's hot. It's
1: because it's bloody hot.
0: Wow. And you've got the fans on you. Take a fan. Put it on yourself. First time in 13 years of working with Judah that I've ever heard him say the phrase, I'm hot.
1: That's because it's usually 65 or
0: lower in here. They, in the middle they, of need, winter. They need to take a crane and put it in front of the building and take a multiple, how, many, how much do HVAC units weigh? I know why it's hot in here. They have to crane it to the top of the roof. I, and it I, takes weeks to get the permitting for the spaces out front. I know why it's hot in it's here. It's coming. I know, dude. I'm sweating, dude. Should I take my shirt off? Should I take...
1: Do I... I'd rather you didn't. I'm sure our viewers will. Some of them, I don't know. I don't I'm know, not yeah. even going
0: to go there. Thanks, sir. So. All right. I won't take my shirt off. Uh, Deep Road says, what is going on now is kabitzing, Kabitzing. What does kibitzing
1: mean?
0: Uh, uh, Kibitz is... My wife just texted me and said, no one can see you without your shirt on at all.
1: In other words, she doesn't want them to. (laughs) Kibitzing. Kibitz is like a commune. As far as I know, I'm not really sure about I don't know what that means at
0: all. Kibitzing? Man, the feed is absolutely on fire right now. I have no idea what kibitzing is. We're going to look right here.
1: Uh, It's to to offer advice and and commentary commentary.
0: when they're not asked for. It might be hard for you not to kibitz during your younger brother's chess game. So kibitz in Yiddish. Yeah, I
1: was I was wrong about
0: it being a. uh, Oh oh, kibitz means to stand around talking and making wisecracks. Yeah. To stand around talking and make making wisecracks. Thank you, Deep Throat and Bozeman. All right, let's go to the uh, next topics. On today's Fine and Fair Talk Show. Um, Mike Cotches was on the show yesterday, right? And I thought the interview was fantastic. Mike Cotches is the chief of police in the city. Mike Cotchus is, I am now convinced more than ever, the right guy to lead the police department at a time when he took this job. The police department was at its all-time low. Mike Cotches is a... Um, You know what really struck me about Mike Cotches was his straightforwardness, his likability, and I can undoubtedly see why other men and women would follow this man and put their lives on the line for this man and for our city. We covered so much with Mike Cotchus. I would encourage you to watch the video on Ilovecivil.com, a website, just the website alone in the last five years over 435,414 people have visited. Data does not lie. One of the topics that came up was crime. Crime on the downtown mall, panhandling on the downtown mall, and homelessness on the downtown mall. I asked Chief Katchas the question, How do we solve crime and panhandling on the mall and make downtown an inviting place? I often tell the story of my wife, who's watching right now and loving the show, that downtown, in her eyes, does not feel as safe as it once did. We need to change that narrative. So I want to play a sizzle reel from my interview with Chief Mike Cotches. I think you have that sizzle reel ready to go, right J-Dubs? hmm And after we play that sizzle reel with our interview, from our interview with Chief Mike Cotchus, I'm gonna ask you this question, viewer and listener. And I'm gonna hammer this question home with our influence, which now we know from a Google Analytics standpoint over five years, just the website, ilovesevil.com. Not the reach from the Facebook pages, how many Facebook pages do you think the show airs on over the course of a week? Because we got the Real Talk Facebook pages, the Today eMagnana Facebook pages, along with our Facebook pages, I would bet you that number is between, somewhere between 15 and 20, because we also live stream to the guests' Facebook pages as well. So I would say between 15 and 20 every week, the show airs on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, LinkedIn, the Fountain app, the list goes on. We'll utilize our influence to get this question in the news cycle, this question on your brain, this question percolating at water coolers all over Central Virginia. Should City Council enact, should City Council roll out, should City Council approve policy or a new ordinance that completely disbands or disallows panhandling of any kind on the downtown mall. And I have to caveat this question with the following. If city hall and city council does do this policy, if it becomes a reality, please realize that that also also means no red kettle bell, bell ringing, Salvation Army, Santa Claus hat wearing, folks ringing the bell at Christmas time looking to drum up dollars and change for a nonprofit of tremendous importance. You can't pick and choose panhandling as Chief Kacchus said yesterday. So Judah Wickhauer, first the sizzle reel. Do you have that content ready to go my friend? Mm-hmm. If you could play Chief Michael Kacchus from yesterday's edition of the I Love Seville show and then it'll come back to me with some thoughts and perspective from yours truly. Three two one.
2: Let's go. I get I get lots of emails and lots of questions about what's going on down here. And again, there are a lot of systems that just don't have the capacity to address the issues that are going on in downtown mall.
0: So, so if I can unpack that, does that mean um, a lot? We don't Let's have, talk about mental health. Okay, that's where I was going to go. We don't have full personnel. Perhaps also mm-hmm. we have a mental health. And you know, I'll I'll be straightforward here. My wife and I, my wife and her girlfriends. Often we're going to the downtown mall, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night for cocktails at Zocalo on a girl's night because she needs a little breather from me. I'm pretty I can intense. see that. I'm pretty intense. <laughs> and our <laughs> oldest son is just like me. He's very intense. And we have an eight month old baby. Okay? So if she wants to get out yeah. and, 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 and just get some alone time or some time with her girlfriends. They're hesitant now, Chief Kotchis, to go downtown. And one of the comments they make is, say, aggressive panhandling and/or homelessness, and a concern of not potentially seeing a police presence on the mall after hours. Right.
2: That to you. So there's a few things unpack with that. Sure. Right. So if you look at the the issues we're seeing on downtown mall, let's talk about mental health. Uh Right. So the mental health system in Virginia is in complete crisis. Has been for several years. Right. Uh, They're trying to do some things funding-wise, but I mean, they're really trying to play catch-up, and there's just not the capacity there. I'll give you an example. We have a panel right now talking about trying to put together a, um, a co-response model, right, with a clinician, a police officer kind of riding together. Um, I have vacant seats in my cruisers because my officers ride one to a car, but like they don't have people to put there, right? So they have a capacity issue just like many other services, and so you see that in, down here on the Mall. That coupled with the city has no overnight shelter, all right? So uh, I was just talking to Arlington County's police chief just yesterday and was talking about just this issue. And they have an overnight shelter. They had the same issue they just built, and it has wraparound services. It's kind of a one-stop shop. Uh-huh. Um, San Francisco kind of started with that model. L.A. took it, and uh, Arlington County, Virginia, is doing it now. And he was telling me the success they've seen just tremendous, right? Because you, you can't just give somebody a bed. That ain't going to do it. You need to also have those services there while they're there to help them. Um, that takes money. It takes yeah. resources, you know?
0: You're talking hand, um, hand up, not a hand out. Exactly,
2: yes. So, so what you have here is the only show in town, really, is the Haven. Right. And that's right here on the Mall, right? So you're going to see an influx of the unhoused here. Right, because this is where they could come get services, get food, stuff like that. Um, as to the panhandling, that's a whole separate issue. Uh, panhandling is protected speech. Mm-hmm. Okay, now aggressive handhandling, very different. That's uh-huh. not. Uh-huh. But, but if the city could, if they wanted to, uh, write an ordinance saying you can't panhandle or solicit for money, but that goes for the Salvation Army person at Christmas out there. That goes for anyone else that wants to come onto the mall and ask for funds. That applies any ordinance has point. to. Yes. I hadn't thought about that. You can't. You can't just say just because you're unhoused, you can't. You can't, but you can, right? Very good. It doesn't point. work that way. So, so you see all that happening on the downtown mall, and then, um, wet, And then things kind of escalate, uh-huh. right? Um, and that's where we've seen the shootings. So,
0: what is is that a council move that would
2: have to write that policy? The, on what the uh, uh, on panhandling on the mall. Well, yeah, any ordinance in the city, council has to do. It would be council. Council has to do. Okay. It hasn't really... I mean, it it comes up here and there, Uh but I don't think there's been a concerted effort to to do that as of yet.
0: Sure. Um, Um, All right. Mike Kautjes, I I am grateful for your time, sir. I am grateful for you taking questions from the viewers and listeners. I am grateful for you giving us a glimpse into your personal life. Um, I am further... um, My confidence is further reinforced that you are the man to to lead this department into um, pastures, into realms that will further offer safety and security for us as a city. I see why you've had success professionally, sir, and I see why folks and and men and women wearing the badge will follow you and, and the example you set. I played that clip from yesterday's interview because I want to unpack it um, and ask the community a very fair question. It's obvious to anyone who goes downtown that homelessness, is it homelessness or houselessness? Uh, it depends who you ask. I mean, I, is, is, being, is homeless the preferred nomenclature anymore or is it houseless that is the preferred ho- ho- nomenclature?
1: Uh. I hear it's houselessness. So. I, I
0: have a hard time keeping up with the the nomenclatures. Uh, am, am I am I if I use the word homeless? Am I being disrespectful? Do you, I'm sure you'd get as
1: varied an answer to that uh, as there are people in the world, depending on who you asked. And I'm sure most of the the houseless people out there honestly don't care, as long as you're not calling them. Epithets. Okay,
0: so I, I will use homeless then. All right. Anyone who goes downtown immediately will see homeless folks at varying degrees of the mental health spectrum and homeless folks at varying degrees of the intoxication spectrum and homeless folks at the varying at varying degrees of the drug use and addiction spectrums. Any way we cut it, it's prevalent and it's keeping traffic, foot traffic, and customers and tourists and passerbys from coming to the mall. It's a fact. There's two kinds of choosing my words carefully here. There's the homeless that panhandle conservatively and quietly, and there's the homeless that panhandle aggressively and in your face. And the police department has one officer who's become a friend of the program during the day, patrolling them all. One. For these paramountly important eight blocks. And this police officer has his hands full i spent multiple days chatting with him he is nearly 70 years old he's fit he's jacked he can throw up steel lift weights and bench press to a clip that i can't do and many of us cannot but he's almost 70 years old and walking up and down the mall pushing his bike or riding his bike for an extended period of time would be exhausting for a 20 year old let alone someone that's almost 70. So this problem, this, this homelessness storyline has now evolved into a problem. And it's a problem that's impacting foot traffic, locals and tourists and students alike. So I have a question for you. This is a question for the viewer and listener, and this is a question I want to see you asking on social media It's a question I want you to consider emailing to city council, and I'm not sure I have the answer, but it's my job to utilize this platform, and I just explained to you that ilovesevil.com, and we're going to show the screenshot soon, probably today or tomorrow, I have a jam-packed afternoon, has a following over the last five years of just the website alone of 435,414 people, unique IP addresses. So with a platform of this reach, I got to ask real questions, and I think that's why you listen to the show. Should city council enact policy and an ordinance that disallows or disbands panhandling on the downtown mall? And before you answer that question, please realize that if city council enacts policy or a new ordinance that disbands or disallows panhandling on the downtown mall, then the Salvation Army red kettlebell ringing very nice people with Santa Claus hats on in jolly fashion asking for your change and your dollar bills will not be allowed to do that either. We can't pick and choose the type of panhandling we want, as Chief Mike Kotcha said yesterday and as we played in a sizzle clip moments ago. I'll give you my take on this. Here's my take. The panhandling has gotten to the point where it's no longer quiet and conservative and behind the scenes. Panhandlers in some circumstances are getting in your face. They're following you. They're tracking you. And if you don't give money, they're screaming and cussing you out. Ask the restaurant owners. They're my friends. They're, they're dealing with this customers on their patios getting cussed out and screamed at. Lunches and breakfasts and dinners being interrupted by these panhandlers. Folks going to and from the Paramount, the Jefferson, the Pavilion, are just strolling these eight blocks because they want to see what Charlottesville is about. They're legitimately being harassed. And the police, Chief Katchas, made this very clear. There's limited things that they can do. Because panhandling is protected by freedom of speech. So it's up to five people on council, Mr. Lloyd Snook, Mr. Brian Pinkston, Mr. Juan Diego Wade, Mr. Michael Payne, and Ms. Natalie Osheran to consider this. And before they consider this, it's up to you and I, viewers and listeners. It's up to Judah. It's up to my wife. It's up to Ginny Who? It's up to Dylan's Rule. It's up to Warrior AG. It's up to John Blair. It's up to Aaron King, Janice Boyce Trevelyan. It's up to Kevin Yancey and Laura Payne. It's up to Kevin Higgins. It's up to Holly Foster. It's up to Katie Pearl and Sarah Hill It's up to Jason Armesto. It's up to Jesse Rutherford and David Pusso and John Neal and Juan Sarmiento and Lisa Custolo and Richard Averitt and Lauren Linsky, and Lonnie Murray, and Curtis Shaver, and Patty Rowe, and G. Milo, and Jason Howard, and Dino from Dino's Pizza, and John Snow, and Whitey Reed, Scott Morris, Andre Xavier, Patty Zeller, Carrie Griggs, I can continue, Nora Gaffney, all the folks watching this program. It's up to us to ask counsel or to nudge counsel into this direction. There's two types of influence in this world. There's the influence that comes from money and wealth. And we know that influence exists. We see that influence on the downtown mall, whether it's Ludwig Kuttner or Alan Kajin, Keith Woodard, friend of the program, Bill Nitschman. Ludwig's a friend. Ludwig Kuttner's a friend. Alan Kajin's in that friend category. The Lewis family. Joe Geek a friend of the program, I bought this studio from Joe Geek. Joffrey Woodruff, friend of the program, the, the vision behind the code building, the owner of the Enterprise Center across the way. They have influence that translates into buildings, new construction, employing people, and creating jobs. The other kind of influence that exists in this world is the influence that comes with the leadership of the populace the influence of the populace. The leadership that comes when you have thousands, tens of thousands, or to be exact, 435,414 people over a five-year period visiting a website alone. And when 435,414 people visit just iloveseville.com, not even including the social media reach, you start realizing that the influence is tangible and palpable. So here's what I'm trying to do. I see an eight blocks that I love extremely dearly suffering right now. And I'm willing to lead the charge despite undoubtedly catching some flack from the 41 people that make up Socialist Charlottesville on Twitter Those same 41 people that are going after me with a meme account, that literally is making the network better in Mamba mentality. And I'm thick-skinned enough to lead the charge by encouraging counsel to say enough already and to encourage counsel to say an ordinance against panhandling, an ordinance against being a nuisance, an ordinance that is potentially a solution to improve quality of life downtown and an ordinance that would undoubtedly foster an ecosystem of business improvement, an ecosystem that further supports entrepreneurs on the mall, this ordinance should be a reality. Yes, the Salvation Army bell ringing will no longer be an option. And that stinks. But we're at a time and place where we need to pick and choose our battles. And oftentimes in this concept metaphorical of battle, metaphorical lives are lost for the greater good, the greater mission of entering the battle. We have to sacrifice something for the greater good of winning macroly. And if it's the Salvation Army kettlebells being disallowed on the mall with this panhandling ordinance, this seems like a no-brainer to me. What are your thoughts, viewers and listeners? Put them in the feed. And I can assure you, I'm going to catch significant heat for this take. but I'm willing to take the heat because I know what I'm doing is the right thing. Just like I knew when I was doing investigative reporting on Segura Solar was the right thing. Just like I knew when I was exposing the hazing, that was not hazing, that was instead sexual assault in a JV locker room after football practice at Albemarle was the right thing challenging a mayor in the wake of August 12th at a time when the political and racial climate was explosive and volatile, I knew what I was doing was the right thing. And now with the benefit of hindsight, you and the viewer, you the viewer and listener also see what I did was the right thing. And here's the new charge an ordinance by city council that completely disallows panhandling of any capacity. Think about it. Think about it. I'll get your perspective here in a matter of moments. Before I do, I got three other topics I wanna get to. The next topic is about a new CEO and president of the Chamber of Commerce. Her name is Natalie Massery. She is a pro-business champion, this from the Chamber website, with more than 20 years of experience in corporate, Chamber of Commerce, Trade Association, and nonprofit spaces. She joined the Chamber as recently as this past month, and this is completely flown under the radar. She has had a lengthy career at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and its Foundation, working on a host of issues impacting the business community. She is passionate about advancing women in business and helped spearhead the Center for Women in Business. Most recently, Natalie Mastery managed her own firm, consulting with organizations on strategic solutions and impactful partnerships in the area of corporate social responsibility, women's economic development, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and sustainability. She is a founding member of Disrupt Charlottesville, an information exchange designed to inspire and inform about the intersection of work and talent. She's a graduate of the University of Calgary in Canada, and has completed several professional development programs at Georgetown School of Business and UVA's Darden School of Business. She's also a graduate of the Institute for Organization Management. She has a long history of community service, has been active in numerous civic and philanthropic organizations. She has served as chair of the Girl Scouts of Virginia Skylines Board Development Committee, in addition to serving as a local leader, instilling confidence, character, and courage in girls. More recently, she was an active volunteer with Skyline Elite Soccer Club. She lives in Charlottesville with her husband, Rob, who's a friend of mine, who I saw two days ago, their daughter, and twin boys. We are working on scheduling Natalie for this show. I cannot wait to champion and celebrate her. The Chamber of Commerce is an influential platform and an organization. I would like to work in conjunction with the Chamber. We got the reach. They got the X's and O's, the processes, and the playbook. Joint venture. Joint venture. Here's what I found. For the betterment of the business community locally. Two other topics before we weave Judah Wickhauer in the mix. And we relay your comments on the show. CNBC just named Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia, the best state for business. The Commonwealth of Virginia, the best state for business, According, or excuse me, the second best, second best state for business according to CNBC, second best state. I'll read the story for, for, uh, from CNBC for you. They, the Commonwealth has risen to number 2 on CNBC's list of America's best states for business. North Carolina is number 1. Last year, the Commonwealth was number 3 on the list. So they've jumped a the spot. Virginia ranked number 1 5 times since CNBC launched the ranking in 2007, more than any other state. The last year Virginia topped the list was in 2021. CNBC did not publish the list in 2020 due to COVID. While Virginia was this year's runner-up, it did finish number one for education for what CNBC calls strong support for K-12 and post-secondary schools. The state of Virginia, the Commonwealth, however, did get dinged for high cost of living. We got a state in a commonwealth that is fantastic for business. A state in a commonwealth that has one of the best public universities in the country in UVA and some of the best universities in the country in Virginia Tech and William & Mary and JMU and Washington and Lee just to name a few. We got government contractors everywhere we got military everywhere. We got a data science school and a biotech institute that are about to be world class, literally in our backyard. We got tourism and weddings and breweries and vineyards and cideries. Corn Capshaw is one of the most influential one of the most influential music executives in the world. He's in Charlottesville. Area. Friend of the program, Joffrey Woodruff, is one of the best data minds in the world. A man who funded the data school. He's here. We got so much working for us. We just got to get out of our own way. Just get out of our own way. The final topic before we weave Judah Wickhauer in on anything he wants to cover. And I relay your comments live on air. Is the New York Times has disbanded its sports department? Holly Foster sent this to me. Holly, we're grateful for you. I think Judah and I are still eating red vines, thanks to Holly Foster's fantastic gift. The New York Times, some people say, is the world's newspaper. They're disbanding their sports department and relying on The Atlantic, a brand that it also owns a subscriber-based brand, a paywall brand? This should worry the bejeebus out of us. Because when a market leader like the Times does something like this, you better believe other publications will follow suit. And I cut my teeth out of UVA in sports. I worked for Jerry Hootie-Rackliffe as a part-time reporter. The first story I ever covered was a Covenant girls volleyball game. I finished my career at The Daily Progress as one of the youngest editors in the history of the newspaper. I hosted a talk show called The Jerry Miller Show that aired on 13 ESPN affiliates over three states and into Washington, D.C. six days a week. Two TV shows, The Jerry Miller Show and Varsity Lights, bared my name on NBC 29, and I did that for five or six years. I cut my teeth as a broadcaster and reporter in sports. And one of the things I can tell you about sports, they're the stories that you want to tell. You want to tell the story about Brian Leskinek and Chad Wood and the single wing offense. Brian Leskinek and Chad Wood and Steve Isaacs, the head football coach at Western Albemarle, who took a single wing offense and they used deceptive play calling and, and excellent execution to beat much more talented teams. Chad, I think that was fair to say. Your offensive line was undersized and you didn't have the the athletes and the explosive uh, athletic ability as a lot of other teams in the region or the state or in the Jefferson district. But Steve Isaacs coached you boys up and you did a single wing attack that relied on precision and smarts and intelligence and deceptive play calling and deceptive running of routes. And you guys won football games and I was proud to tell your story. I was proud to tell the story of Asa Chapman, an Orange County football and basketball player that was six foot four, 310, 320 pounds, but had the ability, God-given ability of being able to dunk a basketball, dribble a basketball like a point guard, had the power of offensive lineman that you see in the National Football League, a man that grew up so poor that his diet consisted of the food he could find at a convenience store, food that was terrible for you, But I watched Asa Chapman mature at Orange County High School under John Kajanian, from someone that probably should have, with the environment he was raised in, been in a lot of trouble, to someone who parlayed his talent and his hard work under John Kajanian and Tim Taylor to a scholarship at the University of Virginia with its football team. I watched Bradley Starks and Quinton Hunter. Bradley Starks go from a 3 sport star to playing football on Thursday nights and Fridays and Saturdays at West Virginia University, and Quint Hunter go to UVA and JMU to play football. I watched Kevin Leatherwood at Charlottesville High School be a quarterback and a baseball player and a basketball player. Now he's a basketball coach in the collegiate ranks. His father, the one-time basketball coach at Charlottesville High School and the one-time principal at CHS, Kenny Leatherwood. I watched Mitch Miner's son, Amari Miner, go from a smooth left-handed point guard that knew how to get everyone on the roster of the basketball in a position for them to succeed, and I watched him blossom into a man that I am proud to call a friend. I watched downtown Mike Brown play baseball and basketball and football at Monticello High School under coaches like Mark Mace and Brad McNeil and Kareem Martin. And now downtown Mike Brown is a coach with the University of Michigan Wolverines. A man who had a career in the National Football League after a standout collegiate career at Liberty University. I watched Molly Schwebel at Western Almore High School be an undersized center and exceed expectations to levels I'd never seen before. A bruiser on the hardwood for Chris Wright and Jason Barnett. I watched John Schumann and Fletcher Arrett and Mickey Sullivan at Fork Union Military Academy take teenagers that were on the cusp of being disregarded on the cusp of jail and turn them into the type of men you want your daughters and your sisters marrying. And when the New York Times disbands a sports department, the collateral damage is other papers will follow. And when other papers follow, the stories about these young men and women will not be told. And if those stories are not told, the next generation will not have a baseline to be inspired by. The Andy Pierces of the world inspire the next generation of basketball and baseball players. The Kevin Leatherwoods and Omari Miners and Devin Gentries inspire the next generation of Charlottesville High School basketball players. The Robert Grays and the Rod Jacksons and the Mike Browns inspire the next generation of Monticello Mustangs. The Elliot Hardings and Kyle Longs and Joe Daughtrys and Brian Yagels and Colin Pahanix at St. Anne's inspire the next generation of multi-sport stars at St. Anne's. The Bart Leskies at Covenant inspire the next generation of baseball players at the Covenant School. I cross my fingers. Hell, I'll take it a step further. I pray, as a God-fearing man, that this sports department disbandment does not gain momentum, but I fear it will. Because when the big fish do it, we're in a copycat market. The small fish start following suit. All right, two-shot Judah Wickower. Anything you wanna cover on today's program before we get to some comments? Anything tickle your fancy? Jump out to you? Anything that you feel the viewers and listeners should have of merit and significance?
1: Um, I, what I think the viewers need to know is where Ginny uh, where got these cookies. Are these homemade? Because uh, they are fantastic. The cookies. Yeah. Okay.
0: They are very good cookies. Appreciate that. I totally agree. The cookies are great, Ginny. Um I'll close with this. Deep Throat says this on Twitter. He says, I hate being solicited, period not from unmedicated mentally ill, not from the Salvation Army, not from the Boy Scouts, the kids and the Scouts, just period. I hate being solicited. He says he's in downtown Bozeman every day for the last month, and he doesn't have a single bad interaction in Bozeman. He says he can't go two days without a bad interaction in the city of Charlottesville. Ginny who said... If they had cracked down on the aggressive panhandling from the, from the get-go, we wouldn't be at the point we have, to, we have to be to ban everything. Unfortunately, I don't see any going back at this point and believe only a complete ban will work. I think only a complete ban is going to work as well. Ginny Hu also said, when we came to the studio yesterday, my child commented that she could not remember the last time we walked downtown. What you are describing is the exact reason I stopped taking my children to the downtown mall. Linnell is watching on Twitter. Linnell, I am not sure how I say your last name. E-D-E-L-E-A-N-U. I appreciate your comments, Linnell. She says the planning commission met yesterday on a Special use permit request from the Salvation Army to expand from 58 emergency shelter beds to 114 beds on Ridge Street. Unsure if it was approved. Should Seville focus, uh, focus on lifting up nonprofits versus a new ordinance? It's a great question. I think Charlottesville and City Hall and City Council can support the Salvation Army and show its commitment to the Salvation Army and still say no to kettlebell ringers at Christmas time asking for dollars and change. Saying no to kettlebell ringers at Christmas time does not mean that local government does not support the Salvation Army. It just means we're at a point of no return. I encourage you, the viewer and listener, to walk the downtown mall and see what I'm talking about for yourself. And this is coming from someone who legitimately owns a large chunk of a building on the, on, in downtown Charlottesville on Market Street. A building that I want to give to our two sons. They're going to work for it. They're going to take out the trash. They're going to clean the freaking storefront door. They're going to Windex it. They're going to get on the hands and knees and sweep up the crumbs from Liza eating all these treats that I just threw at her feet. They're gonna clear the cobwebs. They're gonna help Judah here. But that's the goal is for them to get this. I got David watching at Skuma Boutique Dispensary. He said, I'm born and raised in Charlottesville too. And I can assure you if you ask David from Skuma Boutique Dispensary about the houseless problem and the aggressive panhandling, he would confirm. If you ask the owners of the restaurants and the music venues, they would confirm. Olivia Branch, I appreciate this direct message. She's the queen of Keswick. That's today's show. It's the Wednesday edition of the Isle of Seville show. Peter Krebs of the Piedmont Environmental Council is tomorrow. Lloyd Snook, the mayor of Charlottesville, next week. We will publish on our talk show, on our network, the Google Analytics reach of what we are doing. When is the last time, Judah that we've looked at the Google Analytics, I think it's been months, if not years, I was shocked and surprised with the significance of the reach. Did you have an idea? Uh, I don't think we've ever looked at it. We've never looked at it. I don't think so. I don't think we've ever looked at it. And the reason I'm looking at it, and the reason I'm taking this, level to, this talk show to another net- level, this network to another level, Mm -hmm. mamba mentality for judah wickhower i'm jerry miller thank you for joining us